The Corbett Report is brought to you by the 2010 Video Archive DVD. Buy your copy today at CorbettReport.com. You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com. Well, friends, as longtime listeners of this broadcast and my other work at CorbettReport.com will be all too aware, we are under attack on every level, psychological, physical, spiritual, biological, emotional. It is all happening at the same time, and it is all designed to keep us dumbed down and to keep us guessing at what will be the next attack, what will be the next assault, where will it come from, how will it affect us. And in that state of fear that we are beaten into seemingly every day by all of these stories coming at us, that is the state of mind in which we can be most completely controlled. We can be programmed, we can be told what to think and how to react. So it is only from a state of knowledge, which is the power through which we can fight back against that system, that we can ever hope to transcend the daily onslaught, the daily barrage of attacks that we are under. Because once again, knowledge is power, and if we know what is happening to us, we can take it into our own hands to stop it from happening. So let's start documenting some more of the aspects of that agenda that is playing out before us right now to try to keep humanity dumbed down and in the sway of a very few elite who have a lot of the purse strings and other mechanisms and leverages of control in their hands and which we have to be aware of and we have to be forearmed uh, with the knowledge to fight back against. So... Let's start tonight by taking a look at this story that's just breaking from blacklistednews.com, Autism Linked to High Fructose Corn Syrup. This probably will not be a surprise for those of you out there who knew already that, a, uh, for example, a 2009 study had already linked high fructose corn syrup, also known as HFCS, or more euphemistically, corn sugar, to, uh, to mercury. Because of the production process itself, uh, mercury is actually produced in the production of HFCS and thus ends up in the foods. And that was uh, that was highlighted by a, t- a 2009 st- study that made the rounds. It was even written up in the Washington Post. So nothing conspiratorial about it. HFCS foods do contain mercury. And uh, you should look that up for yourself. Of course, the link will be in the show notes for tonight's uh, episode so that you can look that up for yourself. But now, of course, a new study in the Journal of uh, Clinical Epigenetics has uh, started to document the link between HFCS and HFCS-related mercury to autism. Surprise, surprise. Well, autism spectrum disorder looking very much like uh, mercury poisoning, basically uh, heavy metal poisoning. So the clinical epigenetics study is linked up in this article from Blacklisted News, and it goes on to note the basically epidemic of autism that is sweeping the United States these days. The number of children aged 6 to 21 in the United States receiving special education services under the autism disability category increased 91% between 2005 to 2010, while the number of children receiving special education services overall declined by 5%. So that means even in a smaller group, 
the autism uh, category makes up a vastly larger share of that group. Why is this happening? Well, there are those who will always come back and argue, well, it's just being diagnosed more. But such stunning figures are down to some changes in the environment. And one of those is the increased use of HFCS, high fructose corn syrup, in basically every processed food that you can imagine. It's almost impossible to avoid this poisonous substance uh, these days, and that's precisely why it's extremely important that people are aware of high fructose corn syrup and what it's really doing. So again, I will link this newest article up in the show notes for tonight's episode, Autism, Autism Linked to High Fructose Corn Syrup. So you can go read that. You can read the study in the cl- Clinical Epigenetics Journal, and you can find out more about how HFCS is harming you and uh, and your children, if you happen to have any, and you're feeding some of this high fructose corn syrup foods too. And it's just another way that we're under biological attack. So let's make it work together to remove HFCS from our own food supply as much as possible by boycotting those goods which contain it. That's just one of the stories we'll be covering tonight as we go through news and headlines. Also, open phones 1-800-313-9443. We'll be back after this. Don't let them win you over. That's what they're hoping for. They want to shutter your mind. And shackle it to the floor It's not hard to figure out The lies you're being told There is a playbook, an agenda A blueprint, a goal So open your eyes Wide enough to see You're the target they're aiming for You're the enemy Now in order to defeat them To take back what is yours You must expose what is evident What is clearly coming forth There is a good, there is a bad There is a side you have to choose Don't underestimate what they are willing to do Don't underestimate what they are willing to do It's a new world that's coming when the old world's dead The empire is burning down, we're hanging by a thread It's time to panic to react To stop this war Humanity is rising and the truth is coming forth Break your program, your mold, the path that you were sold With so many lies now, it's easy to take control The air isn't fit to breathe, we are no longer free There is a reason they don't your time to think. That's why the television's there to bide your time. There are lies on top of lies just to rule your mind. The water's unfit to drink. The food isn't fit to eat. There is a reason they don't give you time to think. There's a reason they don't give you time to think. It's a new world that's coming when the old world's dead. The empire is burning down. We're hanging by a thread. It's And the truth is coming forth Humanity is rising And the truth is coming forth Whoa, whoa, to keep 
next we head into the long night in the info war we have just begun to fight but what comes next we head into the long night in the info war we have just begun to fight in the info war we have just begun to fight it's a new world that's coming when the old world's dead the empire is burning down we're hanging by a thread it's time to panic to react to stand once more humanity is rising and the truth is coming forth humanity is rising and the truth is coming forth All right, friends, welcome back to the program. Of course, you are tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on Republic Broadcasting, and I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And what we've just been listening to is Humanity is Rising, the excellent new original song by Joshua Owens. And that song and video is up on YouTube right now at YouTube.com slash Jack Jeremiah Johnson. So for those of you out there who haven't seen this yet, please, I exhort you to go to YouTube and watch the clip. Of course, the link will be there in the show notes for tonight's episode. And I hope that you uh, go there, not only watch it for yourself, but spread that song to the four corners of the world. I think it's an excellent new song. And it does a great job of summing up the situation, both the darkness of the current situation, but also the potential for humanity to rise. Because humanity is rising. We are waking up en masse, and there are changes happening right now. We are a part of history in the making, and we have to understand that and understand our part in that. And I think that's song does a beautiful job of summing up so much of this agenda and what's going on. So I hope people will spread that to the four corners of the globe. And uh, and we all have our part to play in this, in this war uh, for our cognitive liberty, war for our own hearts and minds. And if we are awake and we are cognizant, we are aware, and we are deflecting those attacks that are coming to us, then we are winning, basically, because this war is all about keeping us dumbed down, ignorant, and unable to defend ourselves. So once again, that's called Humanity is Rising. It's by Joshua Owens. I think it's a great new song. And tonight we are going over the ways that uh, we can overcome and defend ourselves against the psychic, biological, and, uh, and other attacks that we are under on a daily basis, including, as we were going over in that first segment, the, the autism, the spreading epidemic of autism that is crippling children in the United States and around the globe in unprecedented numbers these days. And it is not, as the skeptics would like to claim, solely due to changes in reporting. Uh, there is a very real autism ep- epidemic that's happening right now, and we have to look for the sources of that. And as we were going over in that first segment, a high fructose corn syrup is now being linked as one of the sources for the, the increase in autism. So I think people have to be aware of that and start eliminating high fructose corn syrup from their own diets as much as humanly possible. And yes, that does mean kicking those cola habits or whatever other nasty habits you might have out there, but it is, uh, in the long run, it's going to be necessary. So uh, we all have to start changing our lives one day at a time to the extent that we're able. And we're not all supermen, and we're all not all going to make it happen all at once, but uh, hopefully we can start changing it bit by bit. Well, on the note of Superman, I do have the, uh, the next... Uh, story here that's uh, it's extremely interesting, but once again, I just want to let everyone out there know that the phone lines are open tonight. It uh, There's no guests, so f- open phone lines, anything that you'd like to call in and talk about, 1-800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443. We'll get you up and on the air. 
But let's uh, let's move on to something that was touched on there in that song, the idea that, uh, well, there's a reason they don't give us time to think, and there's also a reason why uh, the television is so filled with propaganda, and uh, they want us watching our television boob tube 24 hours a day if possible, and eventually we will just be hooked into the Matrix. I saw an interesting article earlier today about how uh, children in the UK are spending as much as six hours per day in front of screens of one sort or another, whether a television or computer or iPad or whatever type of screen. And uh, in the US, it's eight hours. And that doesn't even include any time spent at school. So uh, that's an incredible amount of time that's being spent literally uh, hooking your brain stem directly into the matrix by just uh, gluing your eyes to a screen, a glowing screen. And certainly I'm as guilty of that as anyone else. But uh, what is it that we're being indoctrinated with and how is it working? Well, uh, well, we can look to historical examples of, of exactly the type of propaganda and programming that's coming through the Hollywood television marketing matrix. And uh, we can go back to July 5th of 1986 for an article that's been archived on the Los Angeles Times website latimes.com and uh, they have an article about the Top Gun effect. It's called Top Gun Boosting Service Signups and it goes over the effect that the release of the Top Gun movie back in 1986 was having at that time on recruitment for the United States Navy and uh, Air Force and basically Aviation Officers Training School saw a huge increase in applicants in the wake of the release of Top Gun. Surprise, surprise, lo and behold, uh, this big flashy uh, Defense Department subsidized production had a huge effect on basically training people and propagandizing people to believe that the uh, Defense Department was this wonderful, beautiful, uh, shiny, well-oiled machine of uh, love and flashing awesomeness that uh, that uh, young boys could aspire to. And that's exactly what they did in the wake of the release of that movie. So again, this is a documented effect. Uh, f- there was a 500% increase in recruitment by the, uh, the Army, Navy, and Air Force in the wake of the release of Top Gun. And that was enabled to a large extent by a massive basically uh, subsidization that the Defense Department gave that movie. Basically, the, the, the filmmakers behind Top Gun were allowed to rent some of the, uh, the aircraft uh, and the air, air the, um, the aircraft carriers, the fighter jets, etc. The use of, of that for, uh, for the production of that movie at an extremely absurdly low rate. I don't think the actual number has been released, but it's rumored to be a couple of million dollars as opposed to the actual cost of that equipment. Of course, who is ultimately paying for all that equipment? It's the taxpayer. And, uh, and that unfortunately is then being literally, uh, rented out to these uh, Hollywood producers who then sell the people the mind control by which they get more people to go along with the militaristic agenda. It's one big, disgusting, unvirtuous circle, and it has remained unbroken, certainly in the 26 years now since the release of Top Gun, certainly, and it's only grown in its scale and scope and intensity. And so the latest aspect of this is the new Superman reboot, the uh, the Man of Steel, which is uh, coming soon to a theater near you to program you as into more of the military agenda. And how is it going to do that? Well, it's going to reveal the latest toy in the U.S. Defense Department uh, toy box, and that's the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter. 
Now, if you haven't heard of this, it's because it doesn't actually really exist yet. It's not combat ready yet, but it's going to be at some point in the near future. Maybe. And uh, there's a lot to talk about with this F-35 program and the absolute ridiculous boondoggle it's turning out to be. But don't worry, the uh, the Man of Steel uh, show is going to be here. This this movie is going to be coming out featuring this F-35 so that it can basically uh, sell it to the public before it even gets released. But just one one little problem with this F-35 program and uh, that's, that's currently being uh, used to deploy this this ridiculous uh, new fighter jet its uh, its pi- price tag is estimated to, over the course of the F35 program to be anywhere from 1 to 1.5 trillion dollars that's 1.5 trillion with a t dollars for this one fighter jet program that they expect will be uh, basically in the uh, in the air force over the course of the next 50 years so just a staggering sum of money that continues to be poured into this media matrix we'll be back with more right after this So just before the break, we were talking about the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter program that is currently being developed by the U.S. Department of Defense and is set to roll off the production line and be ready for combat sometime in the near future, although the Defense Department has stopped hedging, uh, basically giving its estimates as to when the F-35 will actually be ready for combat because it has been delayed so many times. But the latest estimates of how much this program, this F-35 program, is going to cost over its lifetime, $1.5 trillion. That's an extraordinary sum of money. And, uh, and well, it, it, the very real question of whether there's going to be, uh, it's going to be worth its money. And uh, I think there's a lot to be said on that. But before we get into that, how is this being introduced to the public? Well, through the new Superman movie that's coming out soon. So we can pick that up from Wired.com. Superman reboot will be Pentagon Stealth Jet's silver screen debut. Uh, says, faster than a sluggish bureaucracy, more powerful than enemy radar, able to scale tall buildings with a single engine, up on the screen in the forthcoming Superman reboot, it's, it's, it's the debut of the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter, the most expensive weapons program in human history. Long before the family of stealth fighter, uh, stealth jets known as the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter will ever fly a combat mission, the F-35 will appear in theaters for the next first time next summer in Man of Steel, Zack Snyder's anticipated reimagining of the Superman franchise. It's perhaps the best cinematic debut possible for an aircraft program that suffered numerous budgetary and engineering woes. So once again, I will uh, uh, invite you to pontificate about whether or not this uh, this program is going to be worth it, and why they are selling it to you in the form of this uh, this fake Hollywood movie and trying to sell the glitz and glamour. Are they trying to sell you sizzle with no steak? Well, I imagine so. What is the point of this program? Why is it costing? over a trillion dollars over the course of its lifetime. Just to put that figure in perspective, the Atlantic.com notes that uh, the F-35 program is a weapon system that costs more than Australia. The Australian combined entire gross domestic product being $924 billion a year. Well, the uh, the uh, the F-35 program estimated to cost $1.5 
trillion dollars. So again, just a staggering sum. They do break that figure down for you here in this article from the Atlantic. So I will invite you to go into the show notes and uh, check it out for yourself. They have the Government Accountability Office link that uh, talks about how the program is likely going to cost $650 billion for uh, operation and maintenance of these fighter jets over the course of the program and the price tag for the jets themselves, $382 billion. So at the very least, a trillion upwards of $1.5 trillion if it uh, all pans out as expected. And that in itself is not guaranteed given the woes that have plagued this program. Uh, more on that from a Wired.com article from December of last year. 13, uh, sorry, trillion dollar jet has 13 expensive new flaws. And it goes on in this article to talk about some of the bugs and flaws that are plaguing this F-35 program and which have delayed its uh, its expected release date time and time again over the last few years. And uh, there have been all sorts of miscalculations and electrical bugs and even a classified concern, which is probably about the F-35's supposed uh, stealth capabilities, but they won't tell you what's wrong with it, even though your taxpayer dollars, all the Americans out there, are going to fund this program. So uh, just a boondoggle left, right, and center. But uh, the idea of spending a trillion dollars on these weapons of destruction that that will basically enable the American empire controlled by the banksters from behind the scenes to continue propagating death and destruction and raining down terror on third world populations that step out of line is uh, is in and of itself an, aff- an offense and affront to basic humanity. And just to put into perspective what a trillion dollars can actually do, Land Destroyer Report has a report up right now, How to Waste a Trillion Dollars, and it's talking about the ridiculousness of spending $1.5 trillion over 50 years on this F-35 program, when a similar amount of money could uh, basically essentially start the colonization of Mars. It would be enough to fund several trips to the to Mars over the next 50 years, which in effect would basically allow for a small colony to be established there with uh, with uh, uh, supplies to be uh, given in, in subsequent trips. So just to put that in perspective, we could be talking about the colonization of another planet, the start of true interstellar civilization or interplanetary civilization. Um, just the, one of the most remarkable achievements that would be thinkable in the course of human history. But instead, uh, the U.S. government, in all its infinite wisdom, is devoting those funds to basically develop a better toy for its arsenal. Um, once again, the the staggering nature of greed and and hatred that underlies that program is uh, is a very sad state of affairs. But once again, it does go to show that if we were actually able to harness the power and energy and money that is currently being spent raining down destruction in ever more deadly ways upon third world populations and to take that towards something that is actually positive, the things that we could really achieve as a civilization are almost unimaginable. So humanity is rising. We do have to take this power back. We do have to derail this agenda, which is moving us towards this World War III scenario and the diversion of so much of our precious resources into basically warfare and bloodshed. And when we do so, the results of that will be almost unthinkable. Let's take another short break. We'll be back after these messages. Once again, if you'd like to get in tonight with anything that's on your mind, 1-800-313-9443. We'll be back after this. 
right, friends, welcome back to the broadcast. Of course, this is Corbett Report Radio on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Tonight, we are talking about the various ways that humanity is under attack and the ways that we can fight back in uh, a coordinated movement of people becoming aware of and transcending this current paradigm we're living under. Humanity is rising, we are taking the power back, and we have to do so with our cognitive liberty intact, because that is what really makes this all possible. So if you, again, would like to get in on this conversation, the phone lines are open tonight, 1-800-313-9443. Let's move on to another aspect of this agenda, because, again, it is about mind control in various ways, and, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, scientists with bubbling beakers of liquids in some lab somewhere finding better ways to literally control your mind. It is about steeping you in an entire context, in a system that we basically just take for granted because it's been there since before we were born, and using that system to control and limit our options and our ability to basically think for ourselves. It's something that we've talked about time and time again in the work at CorbettReport.com, and that's basically the education system itself, how education, public education, is an indoctrination system to get you basically indoctrinated into whatever the state's agenda is at this particular moment in time. And that works through a a very insidious agenda of creation of national curriculums, etc., standardized testing, all of these things, Uh, even just the structure of the school day with the ringing of the school bell every 40 minutes to symbolize the changing of subjects and to compartmentalize information to keep people basically chained to desks all day in preparation for their the workforce all of these things that we've gone over which is just uh basically the indoctrination into complete psychological and physical control over these children's minds and lives for the first well 18 years of their existence and then they're released into the workforce so it can continue under a different form And we've talked about how that works in a lot of different ways, and something that we haven't talked a lot about on the Corbett Report, but is starting to get a lot of attention, is the post-secondary education system, and how much of a scam it is, really, to be paying tens of thousands of dollars for this university-level education, which really and truly is, for the most part, not really needed at all. But it has become so hardwired into our society that we've gone from a society over the past hundred years where a relatively small percentage of the population would be holding post-secondary education and degrees to one where it is almost getting to the point where it's mandatory for anything above basic menial labor. And how did we transition? And more importantly, why did we transition into such a society? Well, that's a a pretty big uh, topic to to break down, but I think uh, people should start looking into that, the the call scam and what it is. And it really does bring to my own mind whether or not if I were a young person in today's environment, whether I would be wasting my time on post-secondary education. It's certainly obviously needed for certain trades and crafts and uh, and professions that really do require uh, extra training and extra knowledge. But for, for myself, for example, I ended up getting an English degree from university. And what really did that accomplish for me that I couldn't have done on my own time if I had been so inclined, which I clearly was, but again, what did I actually learn from going and attending university those few years? Certainly, I did have some positive experiences. I did uh, encounter a lot of new information and uh, did have some 
mind-blowing classes with some great professors, but that does absolutely not translate into something that couldn't have been done by myself through a process of uh, autodidacticism, self-learning. So it uh, does raise the question of why on earth do we put ourselves through this uh, for the most part anyway, for a lot of people, young people out there who are just going through this because they need a degree in order to enter the workforce. It is an absolutely vast scam that is being perpetrated on the public right now. And, uh, and there's a lot to say on that. But a very interesting aspect of this, this whole scam has been talked about more and more frequently in recent months. And here's an article from The Atlantic. AP classes are a scam. And it says, fraudulent schemes come in all shapes and sizes. To work, they typically wear a patina of respectability. That's the case with the advanced placement courses, one of the great frauds currently perpetrated on American high school students. That's a pretty strong claim, right? You bet. But why not be straightforward when discussing a scam the scale and audacity of which would raise Bernie Madoff's eyebrows? The miscellany of AP courses offered in U.S. high schools under the imprimatur of the college board probably started with good intentions. The idea going back to the 1950s was to offer college-level courses and exams to high school students. The courses allegedly provide students the kind of rigorous academic experience they will encounter in college, as well as an opportunity to earn extra credit for their work, college credit for their work. Sounds pretty good. And every year, millions of high school students enroll in the courses that are offered in 39 different subjects. They do so at an annual growth rate almost 10 times the yearly percentage increase in the number of high school stu- students who graduate. If there weren't some, something good about AP, would participation in the AP offerings be so high? Interestingly, the evidence pro- uh, providing the clearest positive argument for AP participation is that high performance in AP courses correlates with better college grades and higher graduation rates, especially in science courses. But That's faint praise. It's the same as saying that students who do best in high school will do better in college and are more likely to graduate. My beef with AP courses isn't novel. The program has a bountiful supply of critics, many of them in the popular press, and many increasingly coming from academia as well. The criticisms comport in every particular with my own experience of having taught an AP American Government Politics course for 10 years. And it breaks down in this article some of the basic core bulletin points of why the AP uh, program in general is a scam. AP courses are not, in fact, remotely equivalent to the college-level courses they are said to approximate. The traditional monetary argument for AP courses that they can enable an ambitious and hardworking student to avoid a semester or even a year of college tuition through the early accumulation of credits often no longer holds. The scourge of AP courses is spread into more and more high schools across the country, and the number of students taking these courses is growing by leaps and bounds, thus lowering the value of the program overall, because whatever advancement it supposedly gave is becoming less and less of an advantage over any of the other students taking it. Uh, Despite the rapidly growing enrollment in AP courses, large percentages of minority students are essentially left out of the, the program. The AP program imposes substantial opportunity costs on non-AP students in the form of what a school gives up in order to offer AP courses, which often enjoy smaller class sizes and some of the better teachers. 
And it says here to me, the author of this article, the most serious count against advanced placement courses is that the AP curriculum leads to rigid stultification, a kind of mindless genuflection to a prescribed plan of study that squelches creativity and free inquiry. Well, duh, isn't that what the education system in general does? But the point is well taken, and it's a uh, very well-written piece of information about the AP course. One might imagine that this particular author has probably sat through an advanced placement English course to be able to write at this level, managing to fit in genuflection and patina and imprimatur and other such uh, high-level vocabulary in one article. Wow. He must be a high-level scholar himself. Well, uh, again, you can go and read through this entire article. I'll link it up in the show notes. But I think it is an important thing for young people out there to be thinking about whether or not it is really worth it to uh, basically feed into this system and to continue going along with this advanced placement curricula and the uh, the post-secondary education, which, again, is becoming more and more of an expectation and an obligation than a sense of actual achievement of something rare and unique. And uh, basically, whatever prized value it once held in society, I think, has been so diminished at this point as to be basically unrecognizable. What really is the point of post-secondary education in those professions and for those degrees, which are not any at all, in any way, something that could not be garnered in self-reflection and in one's own time through one's own pursuit of information. And uh, and I myself, I again, I stand uh, guilty as anyone else of having basically slept, walked into this system and slept, walked through it, because that's simply what you do if you're someone uh, who has any aspirations whatsoever to, to basically uh, do something beyond basic menial labor. You have to go into post-secondary education, right? So that's exactly what I did. And uh, I myself was in an advanced, there several advanced placement courses in high school, And I ended up not writing, as far as I remember, not writing any of the AP tests because uh, I didn't actually see the point of them because I wasn't going to use them to skip over any of the courses in in university because I wanted to take the introductory courses. So I saw absolutely no reason to. And interestingly, my social studies teacher uh, was the most strenuous in arguing for me to take the test. And in retrospect, I wonder if that was because it reflected on his record as a teacher. He probably got more of a recognition in whatever form that comes in for having more students actually take the and pass the test. So he was quite adamant that I I should uh, take this test, but I decided not to because it didn't really seem to benefit me in any way, shape, or form. And I realized that this AP course that I was taking in high school was really nothing particularly special. It was really just a smaller class with a better teacher, as this article says. So obviously, and, and the high achievers are already in that course. So it was uh, just a, a self-fulfilling prophecy in a lot of ways. And uh, that was the same social studies teacher, by the way, Mr. Goodman, back in uh, back in my high school, who, uh, on my A plus uh, essay that he uh, graded for, uh, on the origins of World War II, I remember the uh, the only comment he wrote was. Uh, not bad. I wonder what would happen if you broke a sweat. And, uh, well, well, Mr. Goodman, if you're out there listening, the corporate report is what would happen if I broke a sweat. So, again, I think that these, this uh, stress on academic achievement is absolutely ridiculous in the current educational system. It's not a v- uh, indicator of value in the marketplace or in anything else that one might actually pursue in real life. And it's really sad that we've come to this point where it has become so ex- expected that if one were to try to enter some 
some of these professions without a uh, post-secondary degree, it would almost be unthinkable. And I think we have to turn that around. So also for any entrepreneurs and uh, self-made businessmen, etc. out there that are hiring bright young people, uh, I, I would venture to say that you should give more of more credit to people out there who do not have any post-secondary qualifications, but still are able to do the jobs. Why not give them a, f- a fair shake at it? And and to be fair, I wouldn't be here in Japan if I didn't have a post-secondary education, because in order to get any type of visa to come over here to Japan, you have to have a post-secondary degree. You have to have a university education, depending, of course, what country you're coming from and what kind of visa you're on, etc., etc. But basically, uh, post-secondary education is necessary to come out here to Asia to teach English like I did. So... Again, it has uh, gotten me where I am, but I don't think that any of the courses that I took are necessary for what I'm doing now. I think uh, all, all I need for this is uh, critical reasoning and the ability to learn for myself, which is really what counts and really what people out there should be dwelling on, not these courses that are held up as the be-all and end-all. But uh, rant on the education system over. Let's turn to some of the other th- things that are breaking across the news wires and some things that people have been sending in through the contact form on CorbettReport.com. Once again, I do appreciate your tips. So let's turn to this story. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, I've got the wrong story. Never mind. <laughs> let's turn to this story from MarketWatch.com. Your right to resell your own stuff is in peril. And uh, this goes on to talk about a uh, something that's on the U.S. Supreme Court's agenda this fall that is going to be a little-known case that will decide on your ability out there, all you Americans, to resell everything from your grandmother's antique furniture to your iPhone 4. So let's read from this article that was posted up earlier uh, last week. It says, at issue in Kirstang versus John Wiley and Sons is the first sale doctrine in copyright law, which allows you to buy and then sell things like electronics, books, artwork, and furniture, as well as CDs and DVDs, without getting permission from the copyright holder of those products. Under the doctrine, which the Supreme Court has recognized since 1908, you can resell your stuff without worry because the copyright holder only had control over the first sale. Put simply, though Apple Inc. has the copyright on the iPhone and Mark Owen has it on the book No Easy Day, you can still sell your copies to whomever you please whenever you want without retribution. That is being challenged now for products that are made abroad, and if the Supreme Court upholds an appellate court ruling, it would mean that the copyright holders of anything you own that has been made in China, Japan, or Europe, for example, would have to give you permission to sell it. It means that it's harder for consumers to buy used products and harder for them to sell them, said Jonathan Band, an adjunct professor at Georgetown University Law Center, who filed a friend of the court Bennett brief on behalf of the American Library Association, the Association of College and Research Libraries, and the Association for Research Libraries. This has huge consumer impact on all consumer groups. Another likely result is that it would hit you financially because the copyright holder would now want a piece of that sale. It could be your personal electronic devices or the family jewels that have been passed down from your great-grandparents who immigrated from Spain. It could be a book that was written by an American writer but printed and bound overseas or an Italian painter's artwork. 
just the scope and scale of this decision that the Supreme Court is about to make is just staggering, and it affects so many aspects of the the current uh, uh, economic paradigm that it's difficult to even begin to contemplate. And you can imagine what kind of effect such a ruling would have, for example, on eBay and other electronic resellers and all sorts of other things. Just an incredible range of things that this would affect. So I hope that people are going to be keeping their eye on this, which I believe the U.S. Supreme Court is going to be ruling on later this month, or they're going to be beginning their deliberations later this month. I'll have to check on that. But it's Kirsting versus John Wiley and Sons, and you probably haven't heard about it because, once again, as that song we were listening to earlier, Humanity is Rising, says they uh, don't want to give you time to think about some of these monumental changes that they are trying to sneak in the back door while we aren't looking like your right to resell your own stuff which is just so basic such a fundamental economic right that i'm sure many people out there can't even imagine that that could be called into question your right to have a uh, a garage sale or yard sale and sell your own your own old stuff is uh, is just so absolutely fundamental that most people don't realize it is already under attack. In fact, there are all sorts of people being cracked down on and holding their yard sales, etc., for selling products that have been recalled in the meantime and uh, things like that, and uh, they're being shut down just like the dastardly kids with lemonade stands are being increasingly shut down and even fined for that horrible sin of attempting to sell their own lemonade. So we are seeing more and more just Orwellian crackdowns on people's basic economic rights. And this is just another indicator of that, that I've had emailed into me from a couple of different people now. So I do thank them for that, uh, for sending that in through the contact form at CorbettReport.com. Once again, I do try to read everything that comes in or as much of it as I possibly can. And I do appreciate your tips and, uh, and all of the information that comes in that way. Once again, I don't have time to respond to everyone. So please don't take it personally if I don't get back to you. But I do appreciate those tips. And on that note, we're coming up against the final break. We'll take another short break, and we'll be back with one caller waiting patiently on the line. Glenn, in uh, Portland, we will get to your call shortly, so just hang on right there. We'll be back after these messages. All right, friends, welcome back. Welcome back to the final moments of tonight's broadcast of Corbett Report Radio. Once again, I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And let's go straight to a call. We have Glenn on the line from Portlandia, Portland, Oregon, of course. Uh, Glenn, it's uh, good to have you back on. Uh, this is Glenn from Cascadia Public Radio for people who have maybe caught him on the program before. And I understand you're organizing an, a library event later this month. Let's tell people about what's going on there. Well, it's titled October Surprise, Famous Last Words. They are now, your last words are now famous. Wow. <laughs> the, the public library. Um, I, I just, I'll, I'll just read you something. The information you need is between 11 and 1 at the Hollywood branch of the, the local public library system on Saturday, October the 27th. We're billing it as a sympathy event with Webster Tarpley's uh, something about uh, people against austerity. Um, certainly the last word on voting is going to be the final thing, and we'll 
we'll have most public conversation on that. Right. Just for people who don't know, this is about the, my last word video series that I've been putting out for on my YouTube channel and on my website for a while now with the, uh, just my take on various issues. I've also put out the last word DVD, so I understand you'll be screening that as well. Uh, that's right. We'll be doing portions of it. Um, I have a couple of moderators for public conversation, um, which is, as I see, as important as the content of the DVD. I'm not sure which last words you're going to do except for the voting, which is the piece de resistance. Um, the, uh, the, head, the, the, the information is available at realitytestevents.org. And I think that, uh, that that's the best place to, to go to get the uh, more detailed information. Realitytestevents.org. Realitytestevents.org. Okay, excellent. Well, I will be putting that link in the show notes. I hope uh, anyone in the Portland area or anyone who can get to the Portland area on Saturday the 27th will check that out. I uh, sincerely appreciate you doing this. I, uh, I Absolutely, this is exactly why I certainly leave my uh, works open for anyone out there who wants to play them on Access TV or hold events like this or however you want to get the word out. All of my work is, of course, free for people to do this. So my hat's off to you, Glenn, for uh, stepping up to the plate and helping to spread the word. I'm honored to do so. Thank you. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you. Keep up the great work and uh, keep us updated on anything that's happening with related uh, to that, and I'll keep the audience informed. So, Glenn in Portland, thank you. Okay, there he goes, Glenn in Portland. So once again, if you are in the Portland area, October 27th, uh, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., sorry, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., that event will be taking place. And again, the location details and all of that will be at the website listed earlier, which will be in the show notes for tonight's episode, along with all of the other articles that we were looking at tonight so that you can go and, uh, as always, check my sources. Don't rely on my interpretation. I'm just one man trying to do what I can, but I can be wrong and I can misinterpret and I can misconvey facts. So absolutely, please check into it for yourself. But that's going to do it for tonight's episode. As I mentioned last night, tomorrow night we have uh, Rosa Corey lined up to talk about Agenda 21. So that should be an interesting discussion. And then on Friday night, we're going to be talking about the EU and uh, the Nobel Peace Prize and that head-scratching decision that is coming out of uh, Stockholm. So again, I hope people are keeping their eyes on all of the various balls that are in the air, and I'm doing what I can to try to cover as much as I can. So to keep up with all the latest work, please subscribe to the RSS feeds at CorporateReport.com. Again, that's completely free. You can subscribe. You can get all of the audio and video delivered directly to your podcatcher of choice as soon as it comes out. It's the easiest way to keep up with all the work that I'm doing at CorporateReport.com. And that's it for tonight. So until tomorrow night, thank you all out there for listening, and take care. Thank you.